0: Hello and welcome to Household Six. We are Mandy, Margot, and Kathleen, three seasoned army spouses with over 30 years of experience. Come chat with us as we navigate the highs and lows of military life. Today, we're gonna be talking with Brigadier General David Doyle. General Doyle is the post commander here at Fort Polk and I'm so thrilled he agreed to sit down and chat with us. Here at Polk is one of the first times that I've gotten to see just how much goes on up in that headquarters building that directly affects us as families. So Mandy and I got to sit down with General Doyle and just hear the kinds of things that he wants spouses to know and to give a little peek behind the curtain. I hope that this is as interesting to you guys as it was to me. I do have to say that from the outset, I, I said, I don't want this to sound like a Fort Polk commercial. I don't want to pretend like everything is sunshine and rainbows. But honestly, we had such a good conversation that it this is a pretty good commercial for Fort Polk. A lot is happening. Leadership is working hard to recruit talent, and they know that a huge part of that is creating a thriving community for our families. So, without further ado, here is our conversation with General Doyle, and then we rope Margo in so we can debrief. Hope y'all like it. Today, we're here with Brigadier General David Doyle, and we're really excited that he made time for us. General Doyle's career has taken him to some of the most storied airborne units in the country, the 101st, the 82nd, 75th Ranger Regiment, and uh, now he's here at Fort Polk in post command. And he's also a road cyclist, dog person, And grandpa to a bunch of cute little grandkids.
1: All very true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, thank you again for coming to be here with us. How are you today?
1: Great. This is a wonderful opportunity. I appreciate the the chance to speak with some of your listeners.
2: Thanks. Yeah. All right. So we know that you have the Fight for Talent and Quality of Life initiative. So in summary of those, uh, you acknowledge that Fort Polk has significant shortcomings. Of those issues, which ones are your biggest priorities?
1: Well, the great thing about Fort Polk is we serve as a platform for the U.S. Army for a variety of different missions. And when you look at what we're doing for the Army, it's significant. If you if you look at the last four brigade combat teams who have trained here at JRTC and Fort Polk, as part of the rotational schedule, three of them have gone into harm's way. Mm -hmm. So one of the brigades went to Kuwait and then onward into Kabul. Another one served as a response force that went to Qatar. Mm. We've had two of the brigade combat teams that trained here just recently show up in Europe to support NATO's mission. So we have an incredible responsibility uh, to train the United States Army. And, And today, this very moment, we have 700 soldiers in 17 different nations all over the world providing the US government what the Army says we're going to do, which is capability to fight and win. So when you take a look at that, Fort Polk as a platform matters. So the Army invests in Fort Polk. And my requirement is to try to bring the best talent that I can to this installation to service those missions, whether it's getting folks to be able to deploy to take care of their job or to train others who are going to deploy later. And so if we don't bring the right people in, if we don't have the right leaders, if we don't have the right talent, we hurt the Army mission. So I take that really seriously. And the Army is providing additional resources and tools for us to do that. And I think the quality of life emphasis has been very helpful. It's been going on since about 2018, really in earnest, beginning in 2019. And it focuses on education, housing, both for families and soldiers— It works on spouse employment, access to health care, and then the other quality of life program that's heavily emphasized here on the installation are the family programs or morale, welfare, and recreation. So those five main topics get additional funding and emphasis from the headquarters here, but also with support from the headquarters of the Department of the Army.
0: That's great. Is there anything out of that specifically that's like a, a passion for you?
1: Well, you mentioned the the winning the fight for talent piece. And when I go to travel, and we've been to 13 or 14 different installations to talk to different groups, we talk about the professional opportunities Mm -hmm. that are here, that you can come as a soldier, as a leader, and get great job opportunities. But in order for soldiers to be interested in that, many of them know they need to bring their families with Mm -hmm. them. So you talk about the passion. It's how do I communicate the great things that exist on Fort Polk to people who otherwise Mm -hmm. wouldn't know, or some of the people whose only conception of Fort Polk is going out to the
0: box. (laughs) Absolutely. And so the only
1: place you've ever been is in the training Mm -hmm. area. You're not going to be really impressed Mm -mm. with Fort Polk because it's difficult and it's designed to be Mm -hmm. challenging and it really can be quite miserable.
0: And I definitely assumed that there was no phone service anywhere. (laughs) Yes, me too. (laughs) didn't have any in the box.
1: You're exactly right. That's a common narrative. So when we go out and travel, we want to talk about the things that do exist on the installation because we want those Mm -hmm. soldiers who are excited about their professional opportunities to share with their families to say hey listen you can come and you can be employed if you're a mm-hmm. professional or you can find a, a school that's going to help your child continue to advance or you can do some wonderful activities mm-hmm. on the installation and while you're here you can get access to to the appropriate amount of medical care now all of those areas have space for improvement and so mm-hmm. that's why the Army is producing more energy and putting more money into them because we know the families want to be able to do those things as if they were at any other place in the United States Army. And, and that's what we're striving for, but we've got to continue to work on them, and we can't do it all at once. And so sometimes we surge in some areas, at the same time we're kind of holding our ground in others. <laughs> and so if you drive around the installation, you can see almost everything's under construction. We've got a bowling alley that's going to get worked on, and it, and yet it's been worked on for almost two years. It's been burned <laughs> down. Our roads are being worked on in some areas. We, we're improving our barracks. So each one of those programs uh, is underway, but some of them are just going to take time to finish up, and I know that causes some frustration. So we've got to go do our part to communicate and express the timelines, but then remind people that we're on the right path.
0: <laughs> Definitely another negative impression that I got before we came here was um, that working at JRTC would be this grueling pace and I'd mm-hmm. never seen my husband. And it's actually turned out to be a great work-life mm-hmm. balance kind of thing, especially because when he's gone, he's having so much fun mm-hmm. <laughs> jumping out of planes and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's something. When friends have reached out to me asking, you know, what do you mm-hmm. think? Should we try to get to Polk? That's one of the things that. Yeah, I... that's
1: a great message. So mm-hmm. we, we do have a degree of predictability. Yeah. If you're with the rotational mm-hmm. schedule, you kind of know what you're doing for about five mm-hmm. years. You know, when you're going to be in the mm-hmm. box training, and you know when you're going to have time off. For the other units that work for other headquarters we have a little bit less control so it's a little bit more unpredictable Mm -hmm. and with current events being what they are Mm and the units being required to be on status to be able to deploy there are a lot of things that have changed and i know that causes turbulence for families
0: Mm -hmm. one of the things you mentioned are the schools and i personally know several families who haven't come here because they're concerned about education. right? What's your response to
1: that? Well, that is a very common theme. When you look at where Louisiana ranks in the United States of America, depending on which survey you look at or which data you look at, the state can be seen as 48th or 47th out of 50, which is not (laughs) great. But when you look at our parish, Vernon Parish, where most Mm -hmm. of our kids go to school, the 18 schools that are there, and you look at our students' test scores, we rank fourth or fifth in all the headquarters department army installations. And so that means our schools are producing children who can test into college mm-hmm. or can score well enough in uh, their standardized tests to be able to continue uh, to progress. And that means, you know, we're better than a lot of other installations where people think, oh, you're gonna get a great educational opportunity. Uh, I don't wanna name them out, but there's, there's only four that have better test scores than Fort Polk. Now, a lot of that's because we've got really great kids, kids yeah. that are mm-hmm. well-parented yeah. and kids mm-hmm. that want to work hard. And so I, I certainly give credit to the families that are out there preparing their children. But 25% of the educators in Vernon Parish mm-hmm. are spouses of military mm-hmm. personnel. Yep. So as a result, these people are bringing their experiences from a variety of different school districts, places where mm-hmm. they've lived and served, and they apply their lessons into the education environment. So our children do really well as a result.
2: Absolutely. Okay, so what's something that you wish Fort Polk families understood about what's going on behind the scenes at
1: headquarters? Behind the scenes? Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's a whole lot behind the scenes. (laughs) It's kind of transparent. Um, We really do work on prioritizing our efforts. There's a lot of things that we could be doing, but we want to do the things that matter the most. It's a small headquarters. We're not Mm -hmm. the same size as a division headquarters. We're certainly not the same size as a core headquarters. Uh, but we have a lot of experience. A lot of our Department of the Army civilians have been working here for a while and know how to get things done and are exceptionally well connected back to our headquarters at Forces Command and, and with the Army. So we try to focus on things that we know are going to make a difference. And then also we focus on things that are going to make a difference in the long term. I was here five years ago as the commander of operations group and I watched then Brigadier General Brito, then Major General Frito, work on some of the projects that we're just now seeing come mm-hmm. to fruition. So that was mm-hmm. five years ago, and, and I'd love to take credit for it, but mm-hmm. what I can look back and say is he started that, and then General Frank perpetuated it, and the, the team kept the ball rolling, and now we're seeing some of it uh, bear fruit. So I have to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I have to work on the projects that the next commanding general and the commanding general after that will see produce mm-hmm. results. And so sometimes, not surprising in the Army, things, things take a while to get to completion. And so that degree of stewardship or trustee, that perspective has to be what we all take as we're Mm -hmm. working on those things. So sometimes, you know, what's going on in the headquarters doesn't always relate to what's going to happen next Mm -hmm. month, but it's still pretty important for the family members and the future residents of the installation.
2: You know, from the different bases that we've been to and the different, you know, generals that we've been under, you know, we... I see your face a lot around the community, and I think that's phenomenal. You know, I know you do town hall walks, and I know, you know, you attend the church, and you attend all the events. I see you on Saturdays at the events, and I think that's a really incredible thing for quality of life. Is that something that you have a passion for as well?
1: Yeah, it's really about getting the feedback. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you don't interact with people, you're not going to hear their understanding of what's going on, and you can get very cloistered, or you can have a very narrow perspective. So, when we do the walking town halls, for example, we seek out people. In fact, mm-hmm. a lot of times folks are hopping in their car and rolling up their window and trying to drive away. <laughs> to knock on the window and say, hey, come in, what's going on? Yeah. How's your house? What's yeah. going on? A lot of folks will come right to us, which is mm-hmm. great. And I've been able to go into people's homes and see some of the problems that they're having. And we turn around and talk to our housing partner and we talk to the people who are responsible for providing the maintenance and we get things fixed. Now, that's not the solution for everybody, yep. but it's an important way to show that we mm-hmm. care. And the other thing, you know, like you said, is I've got to be able to gauge whether or not we're investing in the right thing. So if I Mm don't go to the activity, Mm -hmm. I can't make a judgment on whether or not it was popular, whether it was well received. So I try to get out and do those things uh, and participate so I can judge not just from the feedback, but Mm -hmm. with my own eyes, whether or not we're, we're putting our money and our energy into things that are important to the people.
2: I really feel as if when we see you out and at the events, it makes this, you know, larger community feel smaller. And so it just brings that community and that family feel to like each event that we have. So I know I appreciate it. And you were so easy to approach about the podcast, which was great. And, you know, I really appreciate that too. So if there were some spouses that wanted to get in touch, if they had anything that was going on and they wanted you to kind of see it, what's the best route to go
1: about that? Well, first of all, I read every ice complaint or ice message or ice uh, favorable note that comes through. So anything that comes through on that interactive customer <laughs> evaluation, evaluation is it comes across my desk and the garrison commander and I sit down, we look at it. We try to give feedback to the individual <laughs> if they leave their point of contact information. Then we try to solve some of the problems that folks identify and we've had some really important things mm-hmm. come through that channel so that's amy i talk to people in the px and the commissary all the time <laughs> see me sitting around oh yes i do their <laughs> haircut and so i'd be glad to talk to folks there and then it's not just me yeah. there's people on this team that are doing great work and you know command sergeant major henry when he was here mm-hmm. now command sergeant mobar who's working mm-hmm. as the installation sergeant major they're out and about and they actively seek people's input. So mm-hmm. we're not shying away from that. And we will also understand that we can't solve every single problem, but we should hear about it. Mm-hmm. We should understand what's going on. And so we try to be active in our social media engagements. And we also try to do those things in more formal settings that give people a chance to provide their thoughts and observations. That's awesome.
3: I don't think
0: people realize how many eyes go on the ice comments, mm-hmm. you know, because it feels like you're just kind of, writing it out into the void. So
1: No, no that's good. I, if anybody leaves a phone number or an email, we are very careful to respond. And what we try to do is in some cases get more information. In some cases, we try to answer the issue or we you know acknowledge, hey, we have not figured out a solution for this yet, but we're going to continue to work on it. We'll update you as we go. So in order for the feedback mechanism to be fully capable, we have to have that contact information. Some people choose not to do that, and for a variety of very good reasons. And regardless whether they put the contact information or not, we still check into the things that they share.
0: Like I put in an anonymous one because I was like, the stickers that say stand six feet apart are peeling up. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want anyone to know that I care that much about the stickers.
1: Hello?
0: He's probably seen it. He yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly right. replaced the stickers the next day. So. So,
2: yeah, exactly. If you had a 30-second elevator pitch to give the bright and shining rainbow about Fort Polk,
1: what would it be? Well, I like what you said earlier about the small-town feel and the tight-knit community. I had a, every single commander on the installation meet with me not but two hours ago, and we all fit in this room. And <laughs> as a result, we can get a lot of things done. <laughs> we can solve problems because we can work together very quickly. We have a degree of autonomy here. Now, we don't get to make all the decisions in the world. <laughs> we still have a headquarters. We still have a boss. But the tight-knit community, the way that we share, the way that we interact gives a lot of hope for those individuals who want to try new things, who want to explore different options and try to make things better for their soldiers and their families. So I like the idea that you communicated about this being a close-knit type family uh, and a place where every individual matters.
0: Yuck. So we didn't explicitly have this on our outline, so if you don't want to speak to it, feel free. But lately, Fort Polk, um, we've had a lot of suicides in the community and I've talked to a lot of people who are struggling with their mental health. And when I first got here, behavioral health at the hospital wasn't taking dependents and my PCM couldn't prescribe one of my medications. And it, it was a whole, so I've talked to other people who like me have had challenges getting mental health care. And What does all that look like up here in yeah, your office?
1: What a great question. And you are exactly correct. When I came on board, Polk this was before we had any of the suicide events but we we had a very significant deficit in behavioral health providers mm-hmm. and this was really manifested in 2019 into 2020 when the whole army was short on behavioral health providers but within five days of my assumption of command when I, when I came over and uh, took over from general Frank the Surgeon General of the United States Army was in my office he had had come on a planned visit, and he was talking to different hospital facilities and meeting with their people, but he had the opportunity to sit with me, and he and I had both gone to the National War College together, so we had a really good personal relationship. I explained to him the exact Mm -hmm. thing that he described. We have family members who can't get care. We have soldiers who are waiting too long to get care. We cannot hire enough civilians because we're not budgeted to pay for these people. We need to be prioritized for uniformed Mm -hmm. behavioral health doctors Mm -hmm. and he took that note on and I continued to engage with Major General Crossland who is the deputy for the Surgeon General and they looked at the numbers and agreed that we were underfilled, and so as a result in 2021 we received six different behavioral health docs who were uh, military and so they are now on station and doing great things. And one of them is a pediatric behavioral health doctor, Which so, is so needed. it is, it's absolutely needed. So we, we layer this over top of what we have with the military life, family counselors, and mm-hmm. inflex, we're putting counselors into the schools in Vernon parish. We have military docs at the hospital. We have some civilians that are still on staff, mm-hmm. and then we still have access to either telemed or some of the care that you can get at San, in San Antonio. At Brooke Army Medical Center, and we're in a much better place. It's it's not perfect. We still have uh, challenges with specific types of behavioral health care that are very specialized, and we try to use the network to address those. But we're in a much better place than we were because you're right. It was it was unacceptable, and I think the army. Did an awful lot to help us, but people like you explained that this was not going to be something that was sustainable, and, yeah. and and we worked really diligently to make that happen. So you talk about you know mm-hmm. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's transparent or people know that that happened, but that was a major point of emphasis for our hospital. It was a major point of emphasis for the Surgeon General of the Army, and we're in a better place now. Still, have some work to do, but we're in a much better place now.
0: Well, that's it. Was exciting to me when I heard that they were seeing dependence again because my my immediate response was. We don't have to wait for civilians to apply to come here. That the needs of the army, you know? Mm-hmm. And so and that's awesome that you asked for that specifically. Right.
2: And I have to give a little credit to it. We, you know, we moved here in October and got one of our kids into behavioral health and she's already had an appointment. And, you know, when I was talking to the lady, she's like, we're always hiring. And so, you know, people who come to Fort Polk with spouses that have degrees in mental health yeah. or if behavioral you go to health. If you
1: hospital and you have a nursing yeah. degree, you mm-hmm. got a job. Yeah. As, you know, you can pretty, mm-hmm. pretty much find that in any hospital right now, but yeah. we're, we're taking people on board and trying to put them to good use to continue to provide that mm-hmm. service to our family. What
0: are your favorite things about Fort Polk in the mm-hmm. area and living here?
1: Well, this is, like I said, my second time. Uh-huh. Uh, my previous tenure was spent mostly in the box as the <laughs> commander of ops group, but I still got to do uh, the crawfish boils. And I still got a chance to meet with some of the community leaders, and uh, they really do have an awful lot of respect for what we mm-hmm. are trying to accomplish here. Mayor Louing of Anacoco has never missed a welcome home ceremony. Any soldier it's that amazing. comes back, That's really cool. he goes to it. Whether mm-hmm. they're soldiers that he knows or units that he's affiliated with mm-hmm. or not, he's present, he he shows his kind of, not just patriotism, but his mm-hmm. uh, genuine concern for soldiers and families by being there. And I think there's a lot of folks who, who are taking the same approach. So that means an awful lot when you have a community mm-hmm. member who is invested. And so coming back this time around, I could spend more time with those type of individuals. And I get to develop a better appreciation for the way their families have had history with this post for a very long time. And the other thing that's really neat coming back this time is seeing some of those changes and seeing some of those upgrades and seeing the 50 meter pool almost ready to open (laughs) because admittedly, they've been a long time in coming and folks have been very patient and we wanna show them the fruits of their patience and make this place feel like you know, not only is it a small, tight-knit, close community, but it's one that can help them thrive and do the things that they love. Absolutely.
0: Well, thank you again for making time for us. Sure. And it was really fun to talk. I, I think I'll speak for all of us and say we're excited to give our listeners access to someone like you and hear that you're a real person uh, trying to make things mm-hmm. happen up here in the ivory tower. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I hope that you guys will come back. Yeah. And oh, like, absolutely. Like I said, give me some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. And what I would also encourage people to do is take advantage of those other opportunities mm-hmm. that are out there, and you know engage with the chain of command. That's always, mm-hmm. in essence, the best way to get messages across. But we'll we'll take them through any means to try to do what we can. Very
3: awesome,
0: thank
1: you. Thanks.
2: So, Margot, tell us what your thoughts were uh, about the interview after you listened.
3: As Kathleen mentioned, suicides. Are a problem, not just at Fort Polk, but across the Army. I know that's something that here at Fort Stewart we have um, encountered before, and it's been a problem at previous duty stations. And hearing that someone, like, you know, a one-star general, that's frequently on their mind, and they're actively trying to bring more counselors and find a solution to that is so comforting to hear. And so I'm happy to know that, like, all these problems that – A lot of the times like a spouses or if you're an SFRG volunteer or something, you kind of feel like you're spinning your wheels and it's like, why isn't anyone helping or doing anything? And it's like to hear the conviction in his voice and to know that he was really trying to make a difference was wonderful to hear.
2: And I really want to like highlight too, like when you say that is like, it's not only a Fort Polk thing, it happens at every base, but it's recently been happening a lot at Fort Polk. And this was an unscripted question and he did not hesitate. And and that was pretty impressive. And Kathleen, like props to you for asking that question. When we had
0: some time left at the end, I was really grateful that he was up for talking about that. And he has... Already agreed to come back on the podcast. I feel like experiencing this interview with him on this small base where we have more access to him, it's making me think differently about leadership at other posts I've been at. They they all seem very inaccessible, but I'm kind of realizing now that's just because there are so many people in the chain of command. So I think, honestly, I'm going to make more effort to try to put in my ICE comments and I I was really stunned by the fact that he said he tries to read every single one.
3: What you said about it's like you write them and you feel like you're putting out into the void because, you know, I wasn't there. So I was just listening to this interview, like all of our listeners. And I was saying it along with you. I was like, it's like you're riding to the void. And then that's what you said. And I was like, so that's a universal experience. And so to know that he's actually reading them and taking them to heart gives you that confirmation that you need that like, okay, yes, someone cares what I have to say, good or bad.
0: I've said this in the group. I've really been trying to put in positive comments whenever I can. So I sat down the other day and just wrote like five, like, This event was really great, and the person who led it was awesome. Just all kinds of stuff like that. And because all of those go across his desk, too.
2: I think that's awesome. And when I think about ICE, I've never thought about it in a positive way. And so I'm really glad that you shine light on it, that it can be a positive, you know, reinforcement as
0: well. I always heard about ICE complaints, but they're ICE comments.
2: Ah, good clarification. And I think this Mm -hmm. is a great time to walk our listeners through how you actually file an ICE comment. Ooh, so if you sick. want to,
0: okay, so I always Google army ice <laughs> and then it comes up, but I, let me see it, what the website is.
2: We can also link S-M-A. it in our notes and on our Facebook page for you guys. Yes, so, that it you will. Know. so it's
0: ice.disa.mil and it comes up and you select your installation and then you select the, the area or the department or the activity that you want to. Talk about. And sometimes those umbrellas are really big. So it's like, you want to say something nice about trivia at the bar last Friday, and you're going to need to pick NWR and programs and the anvil, and then say, I really enjoy trivia, it's interesting because it's like all electronic but like in my
2: head when I think about an ice complaint I think of or a comment I think about these papers sliding across <laughs> his desk and he's picking them up and he's reading them and he's like ah oh, this one's trash you know like that's what I really <laughs> think about when I think about it but like they're all electronic that's how he sees them. He doesn't throw them away, you know and he really appreciates them
0: Also I used to not put them in if I didn't feel like I had all the details like I didn't feel like I had the person's name right and but now that I realize that they they go to the immediate supervisor first. So if I say the maintenance man who came to my house on Thursday was really, and I give them my address, they're going to be able to know who that was without me knowing their name. And so I wish that I had filed an ICE complaint against the woman who made me dump out my water. I had to walk outside and dump out my water before she would tell me that I needed an appointment to get my ID I came in and said do I need an appointment and she said you need to take that drink out of here and I said it's water and she said you need to oh dump my. it out and then so I went outside I dumped it out and I came back and I said do I need an appointment and she said yes
3: and now so I'm to, thirsty and I have no appointment so, I had to so leave. thank you
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the worst
3: I, Until, I should like, put in
0: a complaint right now and be like in 2015 oh this was not even here not even here. I'm still mad about it, though. I can't believe I didn't complain. <laughs> so that's
2: the thing, though. Like, I feel like sometimes when stuff like that happens, it's like, oh, it's the general's fault of the base. He is has these people here and they're rude and they're, you know, like he's not keeping track of his people or they're not keeping track of their people. But it's like far beyond that, right? Like everything... There's there's so much that's out of his control and out of even the department head's control. And so, however, he wants to know about them and he wants to hear about them. And so that's why it's important to put in those comments because although – He's probably not going to talk to Miss Susie about you dumping out your water or like even know anything about it. You know, like that might bring to light that positivity is such a big thing to people and that it needs to be brought more to like the base. And so every comment is important, even one from 2015. I'm not going to put it in, but I do think about it
0: <laughs> Because you
2: probably don't even know what base
0: it was at, honestly. It was at 4th Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was also just like so pregnant that that made it even more offensive Mm -hmm. okay what else do we need to talk about oh the the fight for talent thing the recruiting Mm. trips my husband went on one of them and he said it was really cool he got to connect with people he'd known from other bases and share his experience and like I said in the interview he's been having so much fun here he loves his job and I definitely know that's not the case for everyone who works at JRTC, but it it's been interesting hearing. Brian likes his job
2: because he's a bad guy. That's why he likes (laughs) it. Everybody who is a bad guy would like it. Yeah.
0: He he really loves playing Army in the Woods. So but again, yeah. I I have always been like, oh, any post is what you make of it. And here I had to change that. This post is in the middle of nowhere. The city surrounding it has nothing. Even the post facilities, people have told me they were really great. Well, A lot of them are, are nice and new, but they're much smaller than other bases I've been at. And the other bases I've been at with uh, bigger commissaries also had bigger grocery stores outside the post. And so I, I want to be quick to say, like, coming here... This has been the hardest transition I have ever had. I always prided myself on being that army wife who can just roll with the punches and take anything and go anywhere. I was just going to say, I hear you saying it was hard to get here, but I made a coffee shop and that's been awesome. I I think it's not a but situation. It's like, for me, I got here and was miserable and yeah. I have found fulfillment. It's not, it's not a but that doesn't make me not miserable in the year I don't know if. It,
2: right, absolutely, but you know, I was miserable in 2020, but I wasn't even at Fort Polk, you know. So Right,
3: yeah. <laughs> yes, and there's no bigger testament I can give to echo what you guys are saying than to say that my the darkest time in my life is like mentally is when we were stationed in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> it didn't matter that I had these world class speeches mm-hmm. a couple of moms from my house that every day I could go somewhere new. I had all these restaurants, the shopping in Hawaii is amazing. Like it was sunny almost every day. Like there was all these reasons to be so happy and grateful and none of that mattered. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as much as you know, you can say a post is what you make it, So much also depends on your mindset and where you are in your Mm -hmm. life and what else you have going on.
2: You know, and I love this because it's not like, that's not our motto, right? It's
0: not like what the post is what you make of it. And leaving a duty station better than you found it does not mean that you have to be like Mandy and start a business. Like some of the things that I'm really, really proud of are things like when someone has said, you introduced me to my best friend here. But I also like... I want,
2: I don't want it to get lost that like the small things don't matter to me. Like they really do. And I think we talked about that from the beginning was I just Mm -hmm. wanted a place for military spouse to go and build friendship. But if you had a coffee addiction as bad as mine, that was like expensive coffee (laughs) and good coffee, like you guys would all own a coffee shop too. So like, that's just, you know, part of being me, but each place can help you grow for the next place. And each Absolutely. place is going to be a stepping stone and it's going to set you up to what is in the future for you, right? So every Absolutely. path that I can look back has set me up to be able to do this now because it's my passion and everybody's passion's different. But each base is going to set you up to do what you have in your future.
3: So sh- Mandy is talking about It's the small stuff that really Mm -hmm. matters to her as well. And because she puts emphasis on the small stuff, that that makes the big things happen and makes the big things even more special. And I think, you know, she's talking about that in regards to her own Mm -hmm. life, all the things she has going on. But that was the whole point of us starting this podcast is doing the small Mm -hmm. things, having the small conversations Mm -hmm. to make the big difference. And it also goes right back to what General Doyle is doing. He's reading every ice complaint. Mm-hmm. He's going to the events. He's going to church, having the conversations. He's having, Ooh. he's going out with the fight for talent. He's sweating the small stuff. I don't know who it was. There was some army general and that's like his whole philosophy is that you sweat the small stuff and all those things add up and make all the big stuff happen and make them matter. Yes. And so, yes. yeah, Absolutely. You make, that's, <laughs> that's exactly that's it. Great. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm, yeah. You can find us at household 6 on Instagram at Household Six Podcasts and join us on Facebook at Small Army, the Household Six Podcast Community. Just a reminder, we release podcast episodes every other week, and in our off weeks, you can find us going live in our Facebook group to chat. And next week, we have something really exciting in store. We are going to do live rewatches of the lifetime show, Army Lives And we so hope you'll join us and ask questions and be right there along with us. Until then, we will leave you with this. Live in pursuit to leave your duty station better than you found it. Household 6, signing off.